What's really going on, everybody? Back again with another episode, as always, joined by Henry and Mackenzie. My name is Noah, here with episode number 86 uh, with a very special guest. Before I have Henry introduce her, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms. That includes Twitter and Instagram at WRGOPod. Be sure to like, subscribe, and listen and comment on any of our number of social media, oh, not social media, on our streaming platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, where you can watch all of our videos in full. I'll skip the traditional uh, introductions and how are we's and how are we doing. Since we already did that, Henry, I will have you introduce us to uh, our guest today. What's up, everybody? Uh, y'all know I'm Henry Woods. We'll be speaking with uh, Monica Delancey. She is running for state representative, District 39 here in Georgia, you know, where I reside. Uh, so I'm going to allow Monica to give us the what we need to know. Uh, but that's the soft introduction. Thank you so much, Henry. Let me show you, Henry. Okay, yes, thank you so much. Yes. Well, thank y'all for reaching out to me and allowing for me to be a part of your podcast. I was so impressed to hear about what you were doing. So I'm I'm just waiting to hear so much about what you guys got going on because I have a daughter that's about to finish college next week and I want to support our next generation. So that's why I opened up my schedule to be, you know, at your um, will so I can listen and learn and hopefully I can um, be of assistance. Again, my name is Monica Yvette Delancey. I will be on a Democrat ballot for state representative serving the Austell Mableton communities in Cobb County. Um, this district is an open seat. And basically the work that I've been doing for years, years residing in Cobb County speaks for itself. Um, you know, from me, you know, raising my two children single-handedly by myself. Uh, my daughter's about to finish college next week, Breon Perkins. My son will be finishing high school next year. His name is Ernest. And, you know, when I moved to the area, that's all I can hear was, why did I choose the Austell Six Flags area? And I, I, I think it chose me. And my main objective was to make sure my children were raised in a safe environment. So I did not set out to win 20 awards to be recognized by the COP NWCP, to be recognized by the police department, to be recognized by Omega Sci-Fi Advocates of the Year. I did not set out to do those things. I did. I set out to raise my true children. And in the midst of it, if other people benefited, if Oprah Winfrey saw me on, on the news talking about how Black women are the most evicted population and wanted to donate money to my nonprofit, it was because of me doing the work. And basically, I'm looking forward to the next level of serving Austell and Mapleton community as the Georgia State Representative. That's Thank you very much. Yeah, and that's great. So what are some things that you would really like to see change in that community? Um, Henry, are you from? Henry, where are you I from? currently, we had that conversation. I am a Cobb County resident, so, you know, I can vote. Okay. Okay. So what are some things that you will, okay, well, what would you like to see be done in the Cobb County community then, Henry, that you can pose to Monica? Uh, well, yeah, my, I would say like for me right now, main thing is uh, inflation rates with the consistent like raise of rent prices. And then we know the federal like uh, minimum wage is seven twenty five, but it has been a push to be raised at fifteen. So me personally, as a Cobb County resident, with inflation continuously affecting my pockets, 
I am like curious to know, you know, what is your approach to raising the federal wages, uh, minimum wage, and then how are you going to take steps to kind of, I guess, combat inflation that's happening directly here in our community? Oh, these are some great questions. And basically, oh, thank you. Thank you. Getting, we've been out all day and, and one of my volunteers wants to treat me to dinner. Thank you. Well, basically, we have to understand that when businesses want to come to the state of Georgia, right? When businesses want to come to the state of Georgia, we have to make sure that we have a population of people that is well-skilled and trained. So I like the fact that we can send more, more of our um, people to technical schools, right? Because everybody's not going to go to college. We can send them on ways to get trained for higher skill levels. So therefore, when these businesses come to Georgia, they're not coming to Georgia to save on wages. They know they're going to come to Georgia. They got to spend some money. So that's what we have to look at when it comes to Georgia. They know they have to pay us top notch. We have to demand that from the front door. Okay. And we have to think about that when people choose to come to um, state. Why are they coming? And if they're coming because, hey, they can find a, a, a huge demographic of people that will sell it for low wages, then why wouldn't they come? Right. So therefore, we're gonna to have to make sure that everyone is is highly skilled, as many people as possible. It's highly skilled to train, so they know they have to give us the high wages. Okay, but so they that? know. Yeah, one thing. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. Okay. I want to say when these warehouses come, you know, they're coming to the area because the police, um, the the airport, you know, is is, is here. So they're gonna bring the warehouses here as well. Well, if people are going to the warehouse and selling them for $15 an hour, and we know rent is $15 a month, that's not going to help anybody. So we need to start with that. We need to say our people are trained logistics. They're trained the computers. So therefore, they need to be paid at least $25 an hour. So that's what we have to do. But what were you saying, young lady? What were you saying? Oh, no. I was just going to say about... Um... Um, just ways to include, like, I guess I, I'm not from Atlanta. I'm not from Cobb County, but I am curious to just like providing for, cause I know, like, I know people who moved to Atlanta and they're just talking about the rent prices increases and stuff like that. So are there opportunities for maybe, I don't want to just say affordable housing, but maybe rent caps and stuff like that. So that people, even when they do make the $25 an hour, they're not still being you know, tied to that high cost rent and still not being able to make ends meet. You know what I'm saying? That's a great question. So basically, we're going to have to kick it old school. Um, we're going to have to um, really do intentional conversations about multi-generational living, right? That means that if we can help someone um, when they move out, become a homeowner, then that's what we're doing. Because like you said, um, we can have a discussion about rent cap, but at the end of the day, businesses are in business to make money. And so, um, you know, when we don't like a price at Walgreens, we go to CVS. If we don't like the price at CVS, we go to another pharmacy, right? So basically, what's going on is not that um, uh, it's having a, a, a high amount of units, if you will, that are privatized, okay? And when they're privatized, that means they're private businesses that own and operate multifamily housing that own and operate luxury housing, if you will, and they can set the prices with, with at whatever they want to set it. And so when you have more public housing, I'm gonna say that, when you have more public housing options, that means that those individuals, remember back in the day, 
when our grandparents was coming up, it was nothing. Great grandparents, if you will. It was nothing for them to live in public housing. They worked. They lived together, mom and dad, and they had a business, right? And when they moved out, they moved out because they bought a house. Right now, it's the people with the least amount of income, if there is a housing, um, a public housing in your neighborhood, that are allowed to live there. So what we have is an imbalance of public housing options. Just like they have public schools, we're going to have to look at having public housing because guess what? If you if you cannot afford public school, I mean private school, you get to send your child to a public school. But in this case, we can't afford the apartments and what's the choices? You better find a shelter to go to. That's not right at all. So we're going to have to just look at the fact that that, that, that everybody's not going to make the same amount of income. We need essential workers, right? We need our teachers. We need our law enforcement. And we need customer service agents. And if we expect those people to be in our neighborhoods, we need to make sure that housing is in that neighborhood as well. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, and I think one thing I think that I, we've been thinking about recently is especially with the you know, the Supreme Court, uh, you know, ruling this week and as kind of the Roe versus Wade stuff has come, it's clear that the Supreme Court has said a lot of the, a lot of the issues involving, you know, women's reproductive health will largely be solved by states. And, you know, if you're elected, that means that you and your counterparts in the state legislature and the governor, you all would be the direct ones having say uh, in the policies involving reproductive health. You know, obviously, as, you know, Black people, there are a lot of inequities in terms of, you know, um, logistics, in terms of infrastructure. What do you think that you'll look to do um, to not only make, you know, you know, have affordable health care for women, given that, you know, we have higher mortality rates and childbirth rates, but what do you think you'll do to try to, um, you know, honestly shore up, you know, reproductive rights and a woman's right to choose as, you know, if you are elected, it would largely be your body that will be solving that issue or, you know, for negative or for better. Well, definitely, I'm going to have to listen, right? I'm going to have to listen to what what the people are aware of or what they know of and not just what they think, okay? And definitely, when you think about reproductive rights, that is, everything is connected. That is a housing issue. Um, most of the African-American women are the ones that are being highly evicted from their homes because they have to take jobs that are centered around their kids, Right? And most of the jobs that are sitting around the kids are education jobs, healthcare jobs, an entry level jobs. So therefore, you when they when they're bringing in another human being, that does impact their livelihood and impacts their housing. So yes, they're going to have to be conversations, intentional conversations again, because we have to understand that you know we 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 that option needs to be open for anyone because they're 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 incest, right? There's um. Um, people who choose to not carry through with their um, pregnancies because of medical issues, right? So it's not just people making decisions of terminating their pregnancies because of it wasn't the, the right time. We have to look at the bigger, the, we have to look at the larger scale that there are some issues why pregnancies are terminated. And, 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 and we have to evaluate all that. But again, that is something I want to listen. I want to, I want to hear some of the concerns I do know again when when um, um African American Latino women um we have the health departments that have come in and said Miss Monica can you help us do a workshop because we want to get out to um to 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 your um 
to your constituents about healthy eating, right? We want to talk to them about making sure they take care of self-care, right? Because all these things reduces reduces um infant mortality rates. So again, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna have some intentional conversations and I'm all ready for it. Thank you. So with you knowing we have to have intentional like needed conversations and a lot of voters are tapped out right now. What do you want our listeners such as myself who will directly vote for you? Um, what should they know about your platform and how do you plan to get them active and involved? Great question. Y'all are some smart young people. Well, basically, I want to know how I can help you. That's why, like I said, again, when I when I got the phone call and say, hey, we, we're, we're a group of Howard students. We just graduated. We decided to venture on our own. I said, yes, that's what it's all about. How can we help you? I, my daughter is graduating next week. I'm doing this to make sure the next generation stay connected. It, and I want to know what you want your platform to be. And again, when we talk about housing, I told my daughter, you're going to be um, able to get unemployment or whatever you want to do, minimum $60,000 a year. Yeah, you can put that up. We're going to be ready to buy your house. Yes, or you want to invest into a business. I want to help you. So the platform will be making sure you have accessibility to home ownership, making sure that any uh, um, young person, everybody's not going to go to college. I want to make sure they have a graduation coach that can help them and mentor them and say, do you want to go to trade school? Do you want to go to technical school? Because it says me that every year, a high school class average size 400 students. Less than 100 will be going anywhere when they graduate from high school because no one sat down with their parents. No one sat down with them and really mentored them. That's what I'm talking about. And I just and I also want to let them know my, my parents is out there that's single. It can be done. You can get your daughter to college, your son to college. You can get them to trade school. You just have to learn how to be disciplined and put their needs first. And you know what? Maybe you don't need to be on social media as much. I'm just going to put that out there. There's something that's going on in Twitter. I'm talking, about I'm talking about the parents, okay? But we're, yeah, but, we're, but we're ready. Whatever it takes, because I want everyone to be able to thrive. That's what it's all about. Thank you so much. I love that answer. Um, and wait, wait, wait. What school is your daughter graduating from? Bennett College. She's a Bennett Bell. Congratulations to her. Yeah, so, so on. before we wrap this up, um, where can our listeners follow? You know, tune in with your campaign. Um, donate. Check, <laughs> donate. Any- donate. Yes, donate. But, but definitely, um, Monica State Rep 39. That's me on Instagram. That's me on Instagram, Straight Flexor. And then it's Monica Yvette Delancey on Facebook. And and definitely, um, I can get my phone number, 770-369-6531. I answer the phone yeah, all the direct time. Her. Yeah, yeah, they called, somebody called me three o'clock in the morning. They said, we thought we were going to get your office. No, it's me. I answer the phone. How can I help you? First well, I'm this, I'm that. We love to hear that. Yeah. They didn't That's what we like right there. We like somebody firsthand involved. And I have to thank you so much for taking the no, time. Thank you. Thank you. We thank really you. appreciate you. Uh, you know, we're going to support as much as we can. Hit me up if you need some uh, volunteer and, you know, we'll coordinate that as necessary. But yes, thank you so yes. much. No, thank you. We definitely thank appreciate you so you. much. 
And I tell everybody, I say, if you volunteer just one hour, that's better than a donation. They don't understand. One hour holding the sign up, one hour putting out flyers, that's better than a donation. We're going to win this on people power. Um, I just want to let you know, this is not my first rodeo of running for office. The last office I ran for um, was two years ago during the heat of COVID. There were seven candidates. <clears throat> I finished number three. I had the least amount of campaign funds, and I was number three. The people that went to the runoff had to spend more than $30,000 to get to the runoff. I had nothing but the filing fee. So, therefore, that's why the prediction is out that I am going to win this one because I know how to mobilize. I know how to get people out to vote. And it's not about me. It's about the people. Thank hey, you very no. much. Drive 39. Oh, Thank you. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Thank uh, you all so much. 